so, so, so scandalous. Anticipating something. Talking about the dance in your pants. You're listening to the Naughty Rude Show, Sin's home of sexuality, identity, and relationships on Sin Nation. So, so, so Good evening, everyone. You are listening right across Australia to the Naughty Rude Show here on Sin Nation. Welcome, welcome all. It's Sunday night. Hope you're feeling a bit scandalous, a bit naughty, a bit rude. That was without <laughs> doubt the best intro to a show that I've ever done on Sin. Oh, I love it. No, no problem at all. It's a pleasure to be here as well. We've got Emma here. We've got Declan, Hello, myself, everyone. Julia. We hope you're having an awesome night. We are ready to get stuck into it. But before we do that, we're going to sort of introduce ourselves a bit so you guys can get to know us. So, Declan, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, sure thing. Um, uh, my name is Declan. I was actually in season one and I skipped this uh, last mm. season and now I'm back. Welcome back. With a vengeance. Uh, <laughs> no one in particular. And uh, about me, um, well, what do you want to know? I, I'm Your age? How old you? am I? That's a good... Uh, yeah, 20, I think. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm 20. You're 20? I'm 20. Um, I'm a guy and, um, yeah, that's about it, isn't it? Do you want to say your relationship status or you want to keep it mysterious? Um, oh, I, 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 very single. Very single. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Emma, over to you. Well, hello, 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 everyone. I'm Emma. I'm 25. I identify I'm female and straight. Um, I am in a relationship. I've been in a relationship for seven years. Yeah, Declan's looking at me going, oh, wow. Yeah, seven years. Um, yeah, that's really about about it, about me, to be honest. Nice. About, 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 about. Nice. about yourself, Julia? Nice. I'm sure that uh, our listeners have heard you before. Uh-huh. Probably know all about you, but tell me something Just a little bit about you. Creeping around in the corner behind the scenes. Uh, Julia, I'm 24. I identify as cis female, straight, and very single. There we go. <laughs> How exciting. We've got extremes here. But with being single, you'll have so many interesting stories about your journey of singledom and yeah. journey to find a person mm, the, or The journey people. from my bed to the fridge and back. It's a oh, very interesting yes. one. Yeah. It doesn't get much better in a relationship, I'll tell you that, Declan. It doesn't, if not, it gets more acceptable. I feel like when you're single and you're looking for someone, there is this standard of, I've got to be sexy. I've always got to be like in my prime. Um, when you're in a relationship, that's v- like very not. You become very comfortable with things that you so good. you were never comfortable with yourself before. Like you just accept the person that you've become. I don't, I don't want to, this is going to be slightly mean, but I mean, we've got the, the sexy leather jacket, the sexy waistcoat. And Excuse then the, me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the Sin T-shirt. Yeah, the Sin T-shirt. I mean, and are you wearing trackies it? as well? <laughs> yeah. This is what I aspire to do. I think that's a pretty good illustration. <laughs> I was going to say earlier, Jacqueline, you look really dapper. Like, oh, you actually you do. You have a waistcoat. You've got the little... Um, the, pocket square? Yeah, pocket the square. pocket square. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's really... Yeah, now I feel really underdressed with this occasion. <laughs> so but, you should, no. <laughs> but yeah, clearly what we are wearing today does identify maybe where we are in our life. I see, I see, I see. Just on the <laughs> prowl on the radio station, hey. Um, but we have plenty coming up in the show. We're going to be talking a little bit about uh, some pop culture, I suppose, a, a few titles that are making the rounds out in the internet there. So we're going to touch on that. We're also going to dive deep into a bit of personal stuff. 
And as always, we're going to be answering your Tumblr questions. So if you've got anything that you want to ask us, we will love to dive deep in. Deep in. Um, so you can hit us up at the show.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You don't have to have a Tumblr account and you can be completely anonymous, which is kind of fun. So Ooh, I'm excited for this. That. I'm excited to get that feedback, to hear what the people want. Can we give the people what they want? Probably I not. Hope. But we can try. <laughs> We're not so, professionals here. Sounds so defeated. Let's... <laughs> Let's do this. Let's do this? Yeah. Excellent. Well, before that, let's uh, jump in with a bit of peace of me. Here's a bit of Britney. You're on Sin Nation. It's Naughty Richo. That there was Peace of Me by Britney Spears. You were listening to The Naughty Rude Show with Declan, Emma and Julia. What a song, what a tune. If there's ever a song to make you feel sexy in 2007, it was Britney Spears' Peace of Me. <laughs> um, still relevant. It's still a very relevant song. It's fierce. She's telling people just, you know, oh, leave me alone, but also I am my, I am my own person post Head shave. Oh, can you? Yeah. 2007. What a time to be alive. I used to, I can have vivid memories of listening to Peace of Me whilst at my beach house in Phillip Island, um, being really teeny and angsty whilst also watching season three of One Tree Hill. I know that's very specific, but that is, that is that my memory. Excellent. My association with Mrs. Uh, Britney Spears. Anyway. Queen. Sorry, had had to get that all out. I've just been <laughs> <We got> the- <laughs> whew, getting there. Um, but we are now going to discuss a really, really important comedy special. Um, it's one that was recently released on Netflix. Actually, when I say recently, I say about a month and a half ago. Yeah. About six weeks ago. I um, saw it last night. Very, very good. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's really blown up across the world. I'm going to say across the world because it has really reached that um, those these peaks. Um, and we are talking about Hannah Gadsby's Nanette, mm. um, a really important show because it's less comedy show than it is personal essay. Um, that's how one of the hosts in Injoke put it, and I think it's the perfect um, way to describe what Nanette is. Uh, the first half, you get a little bit of comedy, but in the last half hour, so it goes for about an hour and ten minutes, and in that last sort of half hour, last half you um, really kind of see a different side of Hannah. And it's not a different side, like a different personality, but it's a real opening up and discussion about some really important topics, um, not just to her, but to the world um, and really relevant topics. So it really co- it covers identity, sexuality, gender, relationships, and the patriarchy. Um, anyone who identifies as being creative, an artist, a woman, really anyone can really identify with it. And look, you, you can watch it and say that she's really angry at white straight men, but I think you need to look beyond that and you mm. need to look at how she addresses the world. I think one thing that really stood out to me from in the net, if you haven't seen it, is um, she speaks about having a art history um, degree. So yeah. uh, she's been a comedian for 10, 15, uh, 10, 15 years and she has built her... Um, her comedy on self-deprecating humour. But this is the thing, right? A lot of comedians do that because often the more marginalised you are, the more you can say, hey, I've got this story, we can pick apart this and I can find some sort of triumph in this tragedy. But but also what it what makes part of self-deprecating humour is the fact that you're actually making fun of yourself to make light entertainment. Yeah, which is something that I think we've known all along, yep. listening and lot, to comedy. And, and a lot of com- comedians do that. Mm. Um, and that's the thing, and that's how people make their money. And they say, okay, well, I can find a way to profit from this. But when you strip it back to its core, and that's the thing about Nanette, you suddenly realise, at what cost are we laughing about these things? 100%. 
100%. So what she says and how she explains it, so a story has a beginning, a middle and an end, and a joke has a beginning and a middle, it has no end. And what she does with a joke is, as she puts it, she inseminates that joke Mm. uh, or she inseminates that story to make it a joke. Um, and what she has done with her own life and being um, being a, a gay woman growing up in what she calls the Bible Belt of Tasmania, so I think it's the northwestern part of Tasmania, yeah. she grew up um, in, a, in an era. So up until 1997, um, being gay was illegal. It, yeah. w- it was a criminal it, offense. Yeah, a criminal offense. It wasn't until 1997 that they made it okay like it was okay and so she said that in the prime years of when she's discovering who she is and her sexuality she was actually growing up to hate herself and she was actually homophobic and she said you don't know what that's like to be homophobic when you're homosexual yeah Yeah. and I think the other thing that would just to take a little bit of step back about the self-deprecating humor so what she did is she used her coming out story Everything that made her who she is, she used as a joke. Yeah. And she said, what happens is when you tell a story as a joke, that joke becomes your truth when, in fact, it's actually not the truth and what really happened. For example, her coming out story. Yeah. Um, and it really tars what so, happened. So she exaggerated and, and, like, made light of what happened. Exactly. Kind of when it was a really, like, tough thing for her. Mm. And I think by doing that, she says, you think that by coming off from a stand-up special, coming off stage, that you're going to, that you'll feel really yeah. euphoric. On a high. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And it was the opposite Exact opposite. Yeah. She'd come off and she was just hating herself and, you know, she can't continue to do that to herself anymore. Like, she just, you can't keep doing that. And it's completely understandable. And a lot of comedians have watched her special, big, big comedians like Kathy Griffiths has watched it, mm. um, Ali Wong uh, has, has watched it and have tweeted and commented online about it and the effects that her special has had. Um, mm. So it's a really important piece of work but also sets off a really important um, discussion a- around sexuality, around um, diversity and how we as a society should be accepting. She touches on that when she talks about... Um, she talks about you know it's a uh, when it's how we gender stereotype from the time that a child is born and how we should actually let kids really develop it as their own in the first eight to ten years she said and she makes a joke she goes you know um i find it you know what's weird is that we put pick headbands on bald babies mm. um you know it, it's like going and putting a headband on a potato like it's <laughs> this really weird thing well, why do we do that why do we she goes i understand people might if you have a if you have a daughter you might not want your daughter to be identified or be seen as a boy but confused as a boy but why why is that why can't we let we have more in common the sexes have more in common than we do have differences um however we are defined by the differences and not what we have in common Hmm. yeah there's there's a whole heap that you can unpack there and it has already been done so on social media i mean discussions among um, among friends and whatnot but i guess I, i put to to you guys, when does comedy verge on the edge of humiliation, not humility? I think if if you're getting up there and you're making those jokes and you... If you actually... Uh, it's it's a funny thing if you if you're getting up there and you're doing it and you're doing it really carefree because you don't believe it. Like I, I make self-deprecating jokes. Yep. I'm also someone who is naturally a, a very... Um, uh, let's go with the word delusional person. Uh, in that, in the, even even when I don't like, even when all the evidence points to me being, um, you know, uh, hopelessly unattractive, I'm still like, no, I'm, I'm definitely exceptionally handsome. Um, and and so 
I don't, I, I don't ever, even if I make self-deprecating jokes about um, me being ugly, I don't actually, I don't believe it. Um, and I, and I never, it never gets, I, I, yeah, it never crosses my mind as something that's real. Um, but yeah, if you're, if you're making those kind of jokes and then people are laughing at it, you might start to think, oh, maybe I think it's true or this kind of thing. And, and after a while, that's got to get in your head. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the thing with comedy, it's a really, really hard one. I see it from the point of view of Hannah, but I also see it from the point of view of other comedians who use self-deprecating humour um, in their shows. Um, one thing that I was taught, when it comes to comedy and coming to, and when it comes to make a joke, you, how a joke is you should punch up or you should punch mm. inwards. You should never punch down. So by that, I mean that when um, when making a joke at maybe someone's expense, you should punch it, like you should aim for people above you. For example, we might make jokes about Donald Trump. Oh, mm-hmm. we love to do politicians, don't we? Oh, yes. Exactly. You know, they're the butt of all jokes. Um, but you also punch inwards, which is, you know, making fun of yourself. Mm. But you never punch below you. You never make mm. jokes of people that, um, you know, the people that might be disadvantaged. You never make the joke of people that, yeah, that'll... I, it sounds horrible the only way I can put it and please do correct me if I've got some another way of saying it but mm. less than where you are yeah um, and so I can understand there's been a lot of self-deprecating humor but as M. Rossiano put it one in her response to Nanette was it's made me reevaluate some of the jokes I am making so yeah. not necessarily all comedy but she said you know things that I should be proud of and the things that I've done I'm not going to make a joke of those. Maybe make a joke at things like we can make joke of all of our sexual experiences mm. because I've considered especially mine. Yeah, all jokes, <laughs> complete jokes. Yep. And we can and we can make fun of that because you know we've all been there. It's something maybe we can all relate to. I think maybe that's where it's different. Is if, if it's something that's completely relatable. Yeah. It shows humility, um, but when it is maybe looking at a minority or something or this point of difference maybe that's when it's humiliation and I think if it's something that you're still coming to terms with then maybe don't touch on that just because it's maybe especially because it's not something which is like if if you're um, a young gay woman and you're watching that and you're watching a comedian make jokes about a situation which is very real to you like (laughs) if if if, if you're in that position yourself yeah that yeah, that that can't be a fun time to think. This is something that the people are, are making making jokes about. No, yeah, a hundred percent. So, I do recommend to all everyone listening that if you have the opportunity, if you have a spare hour and ten minutes, I don't even think it's that. I think it's a little bit less. Stick you, it on, stick it on one point two five, one point two five speed, and then you can just exactly. listen through it. Yeah. <laughs> but I do recommend you watch it. There is a lot more content in Hannah Gadsby's show that's really important. I think it's important for every single person to watch. Um, just in terms of the way that we accept diversity. So please, please, if you have a chance, do watch it. Um, if you do have any questions, please do share your thoughts with us. Uh, it's 100% anonymous. Um, the naughty rude show.tumblr.com forward slash ask. We want to hear your thoughts. We want to let you know. I've discussed Nanette so many times. I feel like I know it in and out. I think I've watched it three times now. So hopefully <laughs> I know it in and out. Um, but do share your thoughts, your questions. We, we want to know. Yeah. And uh, up next, on a completely different topic, we're going to be talking all about not having a sex drive, or maybe you do have a bit of a sex drive and you want to have a chat about that with us. Sugar and spice and everything nice. Hello, and welcome back to the Naughty Rucho on Sin Nation. Uh, That was Cold Feet by Liam Finn, and before that, you heard Valedictory by Tina Bartle. Um, Yeah. So, 
lads. <laughs> I was about to say lads because that's what... Thanks so much, Declan. But you're not lads. So. No, we're not. <laughs> we are ladettes. <laughs> So fancy. Well, I kind of feel like I bring the tone down again to highlight the fact that I'm repping the comfort team. Loving it. Loving it. I'm flirting with comfort tonight. Whilst you guys are are flirting with style, I'm flirting with comfort as I sit representing sin in my sin t-shirt. Which we can all see. Yes, it's blue and it has a picture of a headphones on the back. And yeah, I'm just uncomfortable. Loving it. I should have brought mine too. Yeah. But uh, speaking of flirting, we're talking about sex drives Mm. or maybe not having one because that's possible too, right? Typically, I would say the man, the the straight white man, if you want to put it in some sort of stereotypical uh, concept, Mm -hmm. has the strongest sex drive out of, you know, a relationship. We're talking hetero here. And the woman probably would have less of one. But we were chatting earlier when we were coming up with content for the show and we were saying, is it possible that maybe a guy wouldn't have as much of a sex drive and the girl wants sex more? Or maybe the girl is feeling a bit... According to Reddit, yeah, that happens. And, oh. I, and I trust Reddit implicitly. Okay, well, what did you learn from Reddit? <laughs> I don't know. I just, like, on the r slash sex, they have, like, people who ask questions for advice and that kind of thing. And, mm. yeah, like, Reddit, for all its dank memory. Uh, and uh, shitposting goodness. It also uh, has gone some way to dispelling, for me, uh, like misconceptions about women and sexuality. Yeah. Um, because I find it strange that women uh, have sort of been told that if you do have a sex drive, then or you know an overactive sex drive, perhaps insert quotes. Is there such a thing? That uh, it's it's seen as promiscuous or slutty or she wants to get around, Mm -hmm. you know, throwing those terms around. Mm -hmm. And it's just such an unfair standard, I suppose, that if a guy does, you know, he's a stud, he's a lad, he's a a star, he's a legend, I'm really not up with the words, am I? (laughs) You you can throw some more around. But Um, it's, it's such an unfair standard, don't you reckon? I think it is, and I think there's a huge taboo around the lack of sex drive for females. Um... I don't know if it's scientifically proven that males have a higher <laughs> sex drive, but there's um personally I know that I suffered from a really low libido and I suffered from it for two to three years and I didn't. It's I, interesting that you use the term suffered. Su- mm. It's something that you look on as like, oh, this was a period when things weren't right. Well, I mean, hundred percent. Like I didn't really see it for what it was. So what to kind of give a little bit of context to it. Um, I can remember when I first was in a relationship with my partner and my it was in our first year and I remember sitting with my best friend and she had been in a relationship for four years and she had been on the pill. Yeah. And she had said to me that she'd really lost her sex drive, that she wasn't really wanting to have sex with her boyfriend anymore. And I remember laughing at it because my sex drive was at its peak and I was just like, oh, I don't know what's wrong with you. But I'm like, <laughs> life is great at the moment. And then I, so a couple of years later, two, three years later, I moved to the UK where I lived for two years with my boyfriend, who was my boyfriend then and is my boyfriend now. Mm -hmm. And over that two years, I noticed a real kick to my sex drive. It's like we moved, we had this huge shift in in the way we were, we'd lived at home up until that point. We'd lived separately. So we were living together, living in a different country. We did all the big sort of monumental life things all at once. Yeah. Go you. Thank you very much. And then... um, but at the same time, I completely lost my sex drive. And I really thought it might have been something to do with the... Like, it was an environmental shift that really affected it. 
Um, I was in a lot of denial. I thought maybe I wasn't attracted to my partner anymore. Right. And it really affected our relationship. I can remember when I, I was sitting on my bed and he's like, we have to have a really big chat. Um, I, was, I was like, why? And he's like, I can't do this, that we just don't have sex. And you hear a lot about, you know, people who are in their maybe 30s, 40s or 50s not having a sex drive and not having sex and you laugh at it and then when you become that person in your 20s, Mm. You're like, what's wrong? And apparently, according to science, women hit their prime much later in life than men do. Really? Yeah. I thought you were going to say much earlier, and I was like, damn, science. <laughs> um, Which could explain no. why men have typically been painted that brush with openly mm. sexualized. Actually, no, I have heard it's like in your 30s that you're like, because you really kind of find who you are. Mm. Um, but yeah, how I, the, re- the result of how I found out that it was actually... Um, not a medical, like it was a, a chemical reaction with my low libido was when I went to a gynecologist earlier in the year. Um, mm-hmm. At the end of last year, I kind of like, and I, I this is not, I'm not a doctor. I do not know science. I do not recommend you do this without seeing your doctor first. Oh, God, what did you do? I, But I, I went off the pill because <gasps> I'd, I'd had enough of it. I had thought, you know what, I'm really sick of this. And I went off it and boom. I remember being in New York and I was like, oh my gosh. I wasn't with my boyfriend. I was like, why am I halfway across the country? And it kind of <laughs> came back. And I really like tread fine. Uh, like really, I was like walking. It was a really tough time. And so I went and saw a gynecologist and I said to her, I'm refused to go back on the pill because I know that that's what affected it. And then she confirmed. She goes, yes, contraception can affect your libido. The pill can. Um, it affects the sex hormone. Um, and it does something. I want to say, this is where you know I'm not a doctor. It does something with yeah, a hormone release from the liver. It does all these things, and that's why um, a lot of people get a low libido on the pill. So if you have, like, a, a, you know, when you've got a low libido, don't think it's you. It's not just you. It's there. Trust me, you'll find it. But And that's why I, I had to get off it, mm. and I found it. So no experience with uh, perhaps taking the pill, Declan. Uh, but no. <laughs> tell us <laughs> your enough. stories. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, it's yeah. interesting you say that, like, don't worry, you'll find it. Like, you're reassuring people, like, I don't think there's anything necessarily wrong with not having a particularly strong sex drive. No, I, I, I think... But I feel like there's a part of... There's a lot of pressure to constantly... Like, now I, I feel I'm a little bit more accepting of when I want to do it. And, you know, you'll find... when I guess when I say you'll find you it, like you'll find your there's a There's a pressure that... Um, your partner will become dissatisfied? 100%. Because mm-hmm. I... Well, one, I know my partner was, and we had to have that talk. And he said, well, if that's... And he was honest, and I, I appreciate that honesty, but mm-hmm. you can't... I think there's that fear, and admittedly, it's something that has stuck with me. Like, if I'm not having if I'm not having enough sex, am I satisfying my partner enough? And, mm-hmm. you know, I guess it does take two to tango, but I think there's got to be a mutual respect. Did you think that it could have been the end of things when he wanted to have that chat? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah, because it, it may have been mentioned. Oh, um, oh yeah. wow. Wow. Um, yeah. Um, it was mentioned that, like, if this... Because it was two years. Imagine two years of, yeah, someone with a really high drive. Yep. Someone with no drive. Mm-hmm. And it was also really painful. I don't know if that's happened for... Okay, now I'm surprised it hadn't come up before. I was really embarrassed. For a shorter period of time. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. He's two a legend, years. your boyfriend. Yeah, he's an absolute <laughs> gun. Um... Yeah, it, for two years, two two and a half years, and he, he'd bought it up maybe like maybe after eighteen months, and then he bought it up. It wasn't really a, 
maybe something that he thought about. I don't know. I, I've never really asked. I don't like to go back on that territory. But I surely you were thinking like about to... it if you knew how long it had been. And also, if you're well, feeling pain well, from it, you're not wanting to engage. Well, we were having... I don't know how much I can reveal to you. <laughs> I know how much I want to reveal. I don't know how much That's people right. want to know. But um, we were having sex, but not regularly. Like, it was, you know, maybe like once every blue Does moon. Does anyone schedule it? Some do, surely. Are you out there and you're scheduling your sex rom- yeah. rampages? Let us know. I feel like when you have children and stuff, you have to schedule. Like, yeah, surely. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's Housemates. like, okay, like Nanny Sunday, comes over on Thursday. Sunday morning, the kids are sleeping in. And, yeah, but yeah. I'm going to assume yeah. that a lot of our listeners so I hear. So I hear. I have a single parent, so I don't know any of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Like, apparently this happens. Housemates, though. But even parents. When I lived at home, mm. like, it wasn't like this huge... I don't feel like you can just go have sex wherever you want, whenever you want, when you've got a housemate or you're living at home. Like, you have to kind of go, okay, like... Your parents won't be home this date. Well, it so depends on how packed your house is. I mean, if at one point I had, yeah, I mean, yeah. you have a brother and a sister. Mm, not you, ideal. And and yeah, that's that. Whereas I'm an only child. Yeah. Which means it's it's just me, mum, and the two cats. But I mean, I could I could you know, I could just do I could um, I could do lots of things, and my mum would have no idea because I, I also ask? live in a detached. I live in a garage Ooh, as opposed to the main house. That's so handy. Yeah. For, yeah, for me, it's like I. There's, there's no such limitations. Yeah. Can I ask, does your mum have a partner? Or no. is seeing anyone? Never has. No, okay. No. Like I said, she has cats. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> She's resigned. But then okay. sometimes it's worse. God, I hope she doesn't listen Like when you've got... <laughs> and you've got... Hey, Declan's mum. Animals. <laughs> and the animals are there. <laughs> Do you feel them watching? <laughs> you know what? This is funny. Okay. And I've taken a... 360 on the this, conversation. This is, a, this, is a, this is a strange... Weird. This is a strange story. I just yeah. want to say. So uh, I went down to my uh, room the other day. I just had a shower. Mm. And I was in my towel and I was about to get dressed. And, and in there that, were cats looking in, the, in that moment, I was generally... I was, for a moment, I had to consider. I'm like, do I want to face with the towel in such a way as the cat or my favourite soft toy from when I was a kid will be able to see me. Because I was like, which one is more okay? Like, I don't know. The no, cat's no. innocence or your childhood innocence? No, like, yeah, like, the, like, yeah, I just wasn't sure. But anyway. You feel like you got to shield your pet's eyes. Yeah, but it's, I was like, oh, like, is it, is it like my cat or Kissy Pig? Because Kissy Pig, Kissy like, Pig, yeah. I love then I, it. But then I guess Kissy Pig probably would, like, see me naked when I was a kid, so yeah. no, I guess it's fine. Kissy Pig's anyway. probably seen more than Kissy Pig would probably like to reveal. <laughs> yeah. Do you ever think about, like, their memories? And you're like, yeah, I wonder if we, we can just erase it. To- Sorry, back to the cats. Yeah. Okay, I thought, oh, I thought we were doing a Toy Story <laughs> thing. Like, this took a turn. When you leave the room, they oh, come alive. Oh, um, Do you... I don't know, but all I know is my dog is very, just has known barriers. Like, she's very open. So, like, mm. she do, she will not come in the bathroom because she's afraid of water and she knows that's where the water is. She's, <laughs> she's not intrusive in that way. But if you were getting changed, she doesn't care. She'll come around. She'll still, like, jump on you and you're still a bit wet and she, like, walks past you and then you're, like, covered in fur and you're like, oh. It's like when you're a kid and your parents were having a shower or something and you were just like, oh, yeah. And mum's like, get out or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> or they're just used to you being there. They know yep. things, our pets. They know way too much. <laughs> I'd like to know what goes on in my pet's mind. As I said to my boyfriend today, I think she's a... If Mariah Carey and Goofy the dog somehow were one being, that what? would be my dog. Because she's like sassy like Mariah Carey, uh-huh. but she's super duper goofy. All right, this took a turn. That took a turn. Anyway. Let's have a breather. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, if you have any thoughts on whatever that was, 
if you've ever been in a situation where you've had to choose between your favourite childhood toy and your <laughs> pet looking at you naked... We got real weird. We got Twitter. Um, tweet us at Naughty Rude or you can hit us up at the Tumblr, thenaughtyrudeshow.tumblr.com forward slash ask. You're listening to The Naughty Rude Show. Hello and welcome back to The Naughty Rude Show on Sin Nation. Uh, you just heard The Bridal Train by The Waifs. And before that, I believe it was Stepping Out by Joe Jackson. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now we have some more stuff to talk about. Yeah, so we have a Tumblr. You can get involved. You can be anonymous. You don't have to have a Tumblr account either, which is fabulous. And each week we answer your Tumblr questions. So you can just head to the Naughty Rude Show com forward slash ask. It's a, it's a long address, but it's worth it when you get there. <laughs> and we've got a couple of questions. So thank you for sending them in. Um, I'll kick off the first one, shall I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's do this. All right. Hey, I'm 23 and never been in a relationship. I'm a straight, single female and wanting to find that special someone. But I struggle immensely with depression, anxiety and body confidence issues. I want to talk to guys and start up a conversation, but I'm always thinking that I'm making a fool out of myself and that they would never want to ever date me. What can I do to change that negative mindset? Or what are some things I can try to work on to get that confidence up? Thanks. Oh, that is... That is tasty. I love it. Yeah. I, I, I love that um, you have recognised that it's all about finding that confidence and that you're acknowledging that, yeah, you need to find you and, you know, sort of to, to find that someone. I, I really love that. Um, I think one thing... First off, I'm just actually going to take a step back and go, mm-hmm. you are awesome. Don't yeah. ever think that you are not... Also, you've awesome. taken this step to reach out as well, and 100%. that's brave. That is, it, yeah, taking that first step is the biggest, biggest step. And, you know, go you. I think one thing about that that I always think about when people say confidence and that you're really nervous about maybe putting yourself out in front of a guy is, and no one laughing at this, but Eat, Love, Pray, the Julia Roberts movie adaptation. Yeah, that's the one, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> um there's a scene in that movie where she is going clothes shopping um, with her Swedish friend and her Swedish friend has actually put on a little bit of weight while she's um, travelling and is really conscious that she's not going to be, you know, she's not going to be seen as desirable to her partner and that she's just conscious that she's put on this weight. And Julia Roberts said, you know, whenever you've undressed in front of a man or maybe it's a woman or whoever mm-hmm. you ever have undressed in front of, have they ever looked away? Good They've point. Hit, they have hit the lottery in this instance, there is a naked woman standing in front of him. <laughs> he has won the lottery. And I always just think that if I ever feel a little bit down about myself, I'm a little bit of a confidence booster mm. for me when I'm in the bedroom with my partner is that, you know, he's won the lottery. But I also think confidence comes with time and with age mm. as well. I think it's something you develop. I think it it grows. It's not something ju- that just happens. I think you've got to find yourself and you know, what makes you, you, and those things that make you, you are awesome. They're freaking awesome. And I think you just own those things that make you who you are. (coughs) I think, um, I've, I've always been pretty confident. Um, I like, sometimes I'm just on the train and, um, like I just start up a conversation with someone. Um, just That's as, brave. That's yeah. really brave. I can't do yeah. that. Yeah, no, because uh, because like if someone's sitting there and that kind of thing and they're bored, like I'll just start a conversation with them. Um, and is it successful? Successful most of the time? Yeah, it is. I mean, I, I actually like 
I, I've gotten like uh, yeah so like I've, I've met um, this one this one guy who turned out to he worked at parliament at state parliament Oh, that's cool. And he was like the head oh of he, he was the head of Hansard department, and then later during my journalism degree, I actually like interviewed him. Um, there because, you go. Like, I had Connections. made that connection through the train, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> I think um, uh, I've also approached uh, some girls on the train and tried to chat them up. Uh, some of them less successful than others, more successful than others. But I think the thing is, um, I can't imagine speaking as a token guy I can't imagine a situation in which a girl starts talking to me and I'm not thinking that's like a good thing do you know how many times I've heard that like when I've spoken to my male friends they they find it really confronting going up to a girl in a bar or if they're out they find it really confronting to approach a girl because they said the power is in the female's hands yeah, yeah. Um, and you know we can be quite judgy in our nature as being ladies. It's just this thing. And they, you know, they said it's really confronting to do it. But do you know what? I think it's, it's equal, like it's equally confronting, but maybe there's this societal norm that it has to be the male. And and I just, I was about to touch on that. If you weren't going to, yeah, I hate that. I hate that so much. Yeah. Why judge when you're not the one who's making the effort? I I think it's like, it doesn't, it doesn't super affect me because like I'm, you're lucky. You're confident. Well, I, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm to the point where I'm just like, look, if I don't do this now, the chances are I'll never see them. We're in a city of five million people. Like, I'm not going to see this person again if I don't do it now. So, you know, let's just try and start a conversation. But, yeah, I think, um, I think, a lot of guys would appreciate that. I, I think uh, a lot of guys would appreciate just, yeah, even if it doesn't lead anywhere, like it's still just nice to talk yeah. sometimes. So. Um, I think that's something that's important to remember. And I think the worst thing that someone can say to you mm. is no. If and you know if they say no, then they're they're not the one for you. And I think you you said that you want to find someone that special someone. Mm. And um, I think to find that special someone, it's someone that you have a really deep connection with. It's not just the random on the street or the person in your case, maybe the guy that you met at a club or a bar. It, it's mm. it's generally the, that special someone. And I know for me, I didn't actually start dating my boyfriend until after a year that I met him. Um, it took a year for us to kind of find our feet. Even after that, it took a couple of months of seeing each other, testing the waters, and we were just friends. And I, I think that's the perfect way for a relationship to start and to grow. I was actually agree, and I'm surprised that's not more common this is complete sidetrack but yeah i it's mm. funny to me that like we're yeah. meant to meet someone and you'll, you meet someone for the first time and they're like hey do you want to you know grab lunch or grab, grab coffee later or something like and it's like and, and like there is immediately a romantic angle to that i don't think that should happen it makes a lot more sense to me speaking as someone who blindly rushed into their first relationship um yeah there should be a, a period of, yep. of getting to to know someone properly before you ever commit to someone and then, yeah, and I think that's how you know. Like, I can remember, this is a bit dodgy, but I can remember, so the year that my boyfriend and I were just friends, we were actually worked together. That's how we met. I was seeing another guy, and I can remember being on a date with this other guy, and, boy, I was, like, you know, pumping up my boyfriend's tyres. I was just, like, talking about him and raving about this other guy. And that was a sign. Wow. And I'd always loved... And, Oof. yeah, I'd, so I was on this date with this guy, um, and they had mutually known each other, and the guy that I was on, on the date with turns out was a little bit scared. Not scared. My boyfriend is like, wouldn't even hurt a fly. He's the nicest guy. So <laughs> for him to be scared, I was like, ooh, okay. But my boyfriend, um, I had had a huge crush on him for a really long time. And I and actually, I can, I, I can relate in a way that I thought he was too cool for me. He was this guy that he was a skater. He was a surfer. He pay, played in bands. And I thought, who's ever going to want to date me? And I'd never had a boyfriend before my boyfriend. Mm-hmm. Um 
I was like, why would he want to date me? I was the f- person that people were friends with. Mm. They were ne- I'm not the girl that people dated. And so I didn't know why he would want to date me. And apparently he chased me for eight months and I had no idea. And <laughs> it, it was this thing, but I, it kind of goes back to that confidence. I never had confidence that anyone I thought that cool would ever want to be with me. And I never approached him and I never, I never chased him. It was took him a lot of chasing and one night to really just kind of, he bla- like sent me the most blunt message at 3 a.m. one morning saying, would you like to go on a date with me? Amen. And here we are seven years later. But I think the confidence is a really big thing. And, you know, you do you. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Don't try to fit to any mold. Be the person you are because, trust me, there is someone out there for you and someone will love you for you. Mm. No one will ever like the fake you, but someone will love the real you Mm. and everything that you have to bring to the table. And if someone respects that, then that's the person for you. Not someone out there that just might look hard or might fit what your standard is. It's the person that respects every single thing that you do and thinks you are awesome. What I always always tell myself um, whenever I feel like... um, even if it's not even a romantic thing, if, if, like I feel like I'm like trying to make friends with someone, and they're not interested, or whatever. Whenever that happens in any context, I just remind myself that, like, well, it's their loss because I'm awesome. So, <laughs> exactly. like, they're, like they're like they're going to go through their life without me as their friend. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> who, who's come out of this worse? Hello and welcome back to the Naughty Witcher on Sin Nation. Uh, that was Do Ya by Dover. I mean, you could probably guess that because it's a bloody repetitive song, but I like it. It is uh, what the kids call a banger. Uh, so the next, the next uh, thing we're going to be talking about is um, the desire to either be alone when you're in a relationship or the desire to have companionship when you're not in a relationship and how you deal with those feelings. Yeah. Um, I got broken up with uh, in February mm-hmm. and I hadn't, that was my first relationship and I felt uh, very much um, because I, I'd sort of, I built up in my head for so long what being in a relationship was going to be like. Also, my, can I interject? It was a um, a long distance relationship. It was, yes. Also oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, so going in at it, first try, yeah, tough yeah holy moly so um it it and it was looking back on it now with the wisdom of uh six months having passed man that was dumb um foresight's like, a bit of a bitch huh foresight's a bit of a bitch yeah hindsight but yeah um, hindsight that one thank you yeah that was <laughs> um yeah no I, just, I i uh looking back on it now it was just like just because okay fun fact just because you are sad and someone else is sad and you're both horny, doesn't make a relationship. Um, anyway, just a uh, bit of maths there. Um, <laughs> so, so, like maths and science together. Yeah. So, um, I, where was I going with this? Oh, that's right, yes. So, after I got broken up with, I was like, okay, so now I have to adjust to not uh, having uh, a girlfriend anymore. Yeah. Which is uh, a strange experience. And uh, I did not deal with that well. I didn't. I don't have very many people in my life to begin with. I live with, as I said, just my mother and our two cats, and uh, and I don't have an enormous amount of friends. Um, so I was like, oh shit, no, I need someone in this void. But I don't want to like. First off, I don't know anyone. Yeah. And even if I did, like, they'd be like, wait a minute, didn't you just get out of a relationship? And I'm like, yes, I'm. Uh, I'm desperately looking. No, so I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> so I. Uh, I got Tinder um, at the urging of my friends, uh, which is an important uh, detail for me to mention, <laughs> um, who were basically sick of me being a mopey bastard. 
and uh, that resulted in me uh, finding. F- funnily enough, a wonderful experience with Tinder. The first two people I ever matched with. <laughs> that's a. No, no, that's I, a, Emma, I can like you it. even speak about? No, like, wait, wait. Did Tinder even exist seven years ago? No, no. I don't. Oh. I was in a first, relationship. The first two yeah, people came out. Well, the first two people I ever matched with on Tinder, um, I messaged them and they messaged me back. Since that, I've had nothing but like there's just zero. So it's yeah. strange, but um, yeah. So I uh, I went on a couple of dates, and I was like, okay, clearly I'm not boyfriend. I'm not anyone's boyfriend material. Like if you looked at me and you thought boyfriend material, you're delusional. What does that even mean? Wait, you know? Well, I mean like having being emotionally stable, mentally mentally together, and having a future. Which okay, I'll get back to you on that one. Um, <laughs> and uh, so I was like, yeah, I I want to I want to have. Um, Someone because I was sort of okay. So here's the thing. So I, I have um, Asperger's syndrome, yeah. and uh, just for context, I once cried when I came home and my mother had rearranged the furniture in my room. So oh, no. I don't, I don't take like instant change super yep. well. Yeah. So having a long distance relationship break up, yeah, that's it's like, huge. It's like yeah, it's like enormous change. So yep. my way of like easing myself back into singledom was to like find someone, cling to them mm-hmm. um, desperately, and like yeah, like I want a couple of dates with this person just so I could have that sort of normality back as I slowly readjusted to yeah. singledom again. And I'm I'm adjusted now. I was adjusted as of about a month ago, I reckon. But, but I would even taken. imagine for people that have been in a long-term relationship, say if they did break up with somebody, mm-hmm. and, you know, we could talk like eight, ten years. I've heard of people that have then gone to someone that's not necessarily a fling, but like... Someone they just want that companionship with because mm. they're so used to their life like that and mm. they can't remember, they can't reform their identity. I'm so, stuffed if something goes wrong yeah. in my relationship. Like First I, relationship goes seven years. Yeah, that's... Yikes. Awful. I know. Yeah. It's scary. Um, I I think... Like, but, no, but no, everything's fine, right? I mean, it's like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's, Ad- it's, admittedly, things are as good as they have ever been, yeah. but I also think we're in a different phase than we were. Like, one thing with long... So with relationships that start sort of when you're at 18, 19 and, you know, they carry on for about seven, eight years, you're actually going through a really huge, mm. like these really, p- these pivotal years. Um, I think your early 20s, no one really... E- and there's e- a very real possibility going to very different people. 100%. And mm. that is the thing is people don't really, when they talk about long-term relationships, people don't realise that your early 20s are the most significant years. You know, I work with a girl who's 18 and she talks about all these things and I say you know when you're at 22 it's going to be really different to now like the first four years in your 20 I think from 18 to 23 is a real every year is different your personality is different your, the way you view the world is really different your maturity 100% is completely different yeah 100% agree speaking and- as someone who's only part way through that process <laughs> like me in like year 12 to then me each year since then like such a dramatic. Uh, this one I was saying. Uh, I'm not sure if I was saying this off air. I kind of can't remember at this point. But I was saying about like how I I, I kept looking back every couple of months and being like, okay, no, now now I'm a grown up. Now yeah. I now I've matured. Yeah. Yep. Now I understand everything. Now mm. I have no delusions anymore. And then it's like in another six months, I'll think that about how I'm. Hundred percent. You've got and to think you've got so long to go. Uh, such a long way to go as well. It, like it's also an exciting thing because to think of the person that you will be is a really it's exciting to see like how you will change but I think bringing that back to relationships the reason I think a lot of relationships don't work out is 
you change a lot in those um, formidable years and, you know, the people that you were when you were 18 to the people you were when you were at 24, 25 are really different. You've got a lot, lot of different responsibilities. Um, I've been really lucky that my boyfriend and I, we've really grown together mm. and the things that we want in our futures are really entwined and we want the same things. We're both really career-driven, really passionate about the things that we do, so we're really lucky in that way. We're at a point now, I'm nearly 26, he is 28, um, that we're looking at that next stage in our life. So what's next for us? Actually, let's have a five-year plan. What does what does that mean? Wow. What are our, yeah, it's it, like a like a business that's kind of. It, it's not like a business. It's like okay, <laughs> how romantic. Yeah, <laughs> but you've got to think as well. Like, what do you want in life? And I, my partner, and yeah. I've said. Asked me five years ago, I told my mum, she laughs and tells me, oh, you told me you'd never own a house that you rent for life. And I've been renting for four years now and I hate it. Mm. And I can't wait to like have my own You're place. You're from Melbourne, you're going to be renting for life. Yeah. I can't really rent off like my, what you could call my in-laws. So, you know, we've got it pretty sweet. But at the same time, it's this, we kind of want to, this way, you can't, when you rent, you can't be creative with the, you're, you can't be physically creative. You can't paint a wall if you feel like painting a wall. You yeah. can't knock down a wall. So the idea of owning a house is actually a really exciting next step, but that's something that you need to plan for because you yeah. need to go, okay, in two years I need to have this much saved for a deposit, but I need to have this much to be financially secure. So that's the kind of hmm. planning and sort of five-year plan and that you've got to think of. How boring and unspontaneous. I'm sure I'm never going to be, I'm never going to grow up to be that boring <laughs> later, dudes. Trust me, everyone thinks they won't and then they hit 25 and they're like, hmm. So, I don't know, I think, and it's really good to have those things for us. Like a dog was a really big, mm. pivotal six, What's its name? A fur baby. Amara. She's a Doberman cross. I could talk about her for hours. She's the light <laughs> of my life. Uh-oh. Um <laughs> No, Jack, I said that in such a monotone tone, but like it was, she is she everything. Is the light of my life. Oh, thing, oh my gosh, I'm just, today I taught her to roll, guys. It's really exciting time in our life. Um, anyway. <laughs> you heard of what? I, made, I taught her to roll. Oh, bless. She's so uncoordinated, but she's so smart. So she's like, <laughs> are we on the pet channel or? <laughs> anyway. Um, so we seasonal. <laughs> so we, we, it was one. Oh, <laughs> You missed it. Shout out to Paul. Uh, <laughs> Wherever you may be, Paul. Um, but yeah, so like that was a really big monumental thing in our life. It's a really, um, it's a, a form of, it's a really gravitating point. Like it's mm. something we both really work at because we have to train her a lot. She's a rescuer. All these different things. And it's actually a really big deal we care about. I've never loved anything more other than a hu- my boyfriend or family in my life. But they're, they're the things. And I, I think we also, just to briefly touch on it, brought up last time about maybe like I don't know if you ever felt this Declan in your relationship but needing time away from your significant other to have that break when you're in a long distance relationship but all the time is time away you'd have the opposite problem then yeah Mm. oh you just want to like give him a big hug but it's one of those things that I found that I needed some time away my boyfriend went away for two months actually and the first week I struggled I was so like I just went to bed the whole time and watched Dance Academy admittedly (laughs) (laughs) Um, not a word of a lie. I was in, I'd get home from work at seven. I'd be in bed at seven thirty. It was winter in the UK, so it gets dark at about four. So you get the winter blues. And I was watching Dance Academy, great TV show. Um, I recommend it to anyone. Um, just looking for a monumental moment. But I needed that time apart to kind of. It's that age-old saying: you you don't know what you've got until you've lost it. Yeah. Mm. And he went off to Edinburgh to work, and then travelled for four weeks. And um, it was actually this time about two years. Uh, three years ago because it was 2015 and he worked at the Edinburgh Fringe so it wasn't until he moved away 
we'd been together about four years at that point. Then I was like, mm, yeah, you're my guy and I kind of need you back and I do. But it was also a really good point because I hadn't been on my own in the UK and I hadn't had a day without him. So I actually got to learn to be a really misindependent lady who don't need no man. Mm-mm. So snap the fingers. I can't snap. Oh, thank Thanks. you. Not a problem. Got there. Yeah. Yes. Well, that was heavy, but I feel like we got out there alive. I hope someone got something from that. <laughs> if you haven't got any thoughts for out us, the other side into the loving arms of Dance Academy. Hey, there you Such go. Such a good show, and the movie's even better. Don't you will not be disappointed by Dance Academy, the movie. <laughs> If you are watching Dance Academy, you're planning to watch Dance Academy, if you want to weigh in on anything we've spoken about, <laughs> the naughtyrucho.tumblr.com forward slash ask is where you can go. <laughs> We're talking about uh, the one, a very controversial almost release of a... Uh, is it a film? Yeah, it's a film. No, it's a TV show. TV, TV show. show, thank you. Oh, God, it's, it's even longer than a film. Um, yep. Called Insatiable up next. But before that, we have a bit of a tune. What is it, Declan? I have absolutely no idea. Uh, it's Streets of Your Town? Yep. <laughs> By the go-betweens. Good save. We got there. <laughs> Thanks, team. You're on the Naughty Rucho. It's in Nation. Is that a banana in your pocket or are you just happy to see me? Hello and welcome back to... God, I've said that four times in a row and every time I do, Julie gives me this biggest grin because she... What? Anyway. What show are we on? Uh, this is uh, 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 Naughty Root. Uh, oh, that yeah, was on Tenation. And that was uh, The Go Betweens. I wish I could whistle. With Streets of Your Town. It's the show to be listening to uh, between 8 and 10 pm every Sunday on Sin Nation. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys, <laughs> if you do. You're also the only one you can listen one. to on Sin Nation. Yeah, but you know. Aren't you lucky, Australia? Don't give them choice. <laughs> Just tell them how it is. Um, you can follow us, can't you, Julia? Oh, yes, it. you can. I. Where can people follow us? I just went to like, listen to other shows. Um, Twitter. Twitter. You, yes, you can. Facebook. You can go to the Naughty Rude Show for Facebook and you can tweet us at Naughty Rude. Slide into those DMs, Ooh. please. <laughs> and we do urge you to get in contact via our Tumblr pl- mm-hmm. page. Um, if you have any questions, you want to share anything, please get in contact. It's the Naughty Rude Show forward slash ask. It is 100% anonymous and you do not need a login to ask a question. It's great. So, you know, do that. Hurry up and do it. Yeah. We want to answer all your budding questions. But before that, we're going to be chatting about uh, something that's going to be dropping soon on the interwebs. Something really, tr- um, really true and really soon. Um, before we get into it, though, I do want to do a bit of a content warning out there. We are going to t- touch on some sensitive topics. We're going to be talking about oh, eating disorders will come up. So, mm-hmm. um we do, if this is something that um, is sensitive to you, then we will not mind if you do flip the station over for just a wee little bit. But just but do come not, back, please. But come back. We mm-hmm. do ask you, but we are going to be touching on that. It's regarding a show called Insatiable. I don't know if um, any of our listeners have heard of it, have heard um, uh, reports on it, but it's a TV show due to hit Netflix in the coming weeks. Mm-hmm. Um, We're going to give a bit of a taste. Yeah. Here's the trailer. My name is Patty. High school was a nightmare. Fatty Patty's huge. While my classmates were out losing their virginity, I was at home stuffing another hole. It smells like bacon. <laughs> Every day I wondered, how much more of this can I take? Then it hit me. Now what? Where's Patty? Right here. Look! 
Having my jaw wired shut lost me more than just my summer vacation. Oh, this is like every great high school movie ever made. Now, I could be the former fatty who turned into a brain. Or an athlete. Or a princess. No, I'd rather have revenge. Are you insane? I don't know. Patty is out of control. Balls! I want to punch All right, you get the point, right? I think you get the point. I don't know if anyone else sat there and was like just kind of seething. I think because I've watched the trailer before that I've been... Oh, a bit um, a bit overwhelmed. But for those, um, yeah, to, just to give a little bit of context, if um, if you didn't just grab that, um, the the premise of the story is that you have Patty, um, and Patty is uh, Fatty Patty. It's Fatty Patty. She's a larger girl, um, and she's severely bullied at school because of her weight and her looks. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not until she's punched in the face um, and then has to have her jaw wired shut that she loses weight. And then upon losing said weight, she apparently becomes attractive. And I say mm-hmm. that in inverted commas. She becomes attractive and appealing um, and everyone finds her really desirable. And then... Um, Patty uh, got hot. Patty, <laughs> no, like, Thank you, darling. I like that. Um, and... Uh, and it's then in, and then it also kind of promotes this idea that to be um, to be smart, like she says, to have brains or to be, to be good at something, that you have to be thin. But no, she seeks revenge, and the whole idea is that she's seeking revenge on those um, who have uh, who have bullied her or been mean to her in the past. Now, the issue with this trailer and um, what a lot of boycotting it, um, I do recommend uh, or you know check out um, her Twitter handle is at Florence Given. She's a a female um, British artist um, who's all about um, feminism and um, women's rights and standing up. Yeah, and there's a petition out there as well for people to stop the release, which is apparently yep. coming in August um, to a particular streaming uh, site. Yes, and um, it's a boycott the release because a lot of people f- are finding that this is triggering their eating disorders, um, which is not okay. It's 100% not okay that a show has the power to do that, to make anyone feel unsafe, to feel insecure. Um, I think the fact that it's it's fat-shaming um, larger women, you know, um, it, it's terrible that we've taken that step back in society that we need that show, um, you know, to kind of glorify a, you know, glorify eating disorders or, uh, you know, to, to dis... Yeah, it's... It, it's, it's horrifying that we've taken that step back. Mm. Um, I watched a movie with Freddie Prince Jr. the other day. It's a 90s. It's got Jessica Biel in it. And within the first 10 minutes of this show, they fat shame a girl. And I just, I couldn't even watch it. I was, how is that an acceptable thing to watch? And that was the 90s. Not that it was acceptable then. It's never acceptable. But the fact that we're doing it in 2018, I nearly said 2017. The fact that we're doing it in 2018 is just even more acceptable. We're in a world where we're really accepting now. Or I'd like to say more accepting um, we've got really prominent figures. Think Tess Holiday and Nick Holiday. They're my powerhouse couple. Nick Holiday, Melbourne represent. Um, you know, uh, representing. You know, accepting who you are, no matter your shape, no matter your identity. It. I think. You know, it's. You know, you've got these people that are really doing all this work, and you know, shows like this tear it all down. It's, it's just disappointing. Mm. Declan, when you saw the trailer, what did you think? I thought it was really crass. Mm-hmm. I yeah. thought it was really. I I, th- I mean, 
apart from anything else, I thought it was just like a, not a great idea for a show. But the thing is, I, I don't, there's a couple of things that bug me about the trailer. Number one, I was fat and now I can be a brain. Mm-hmm. Like 100%. I, I can't. They can't exist. Yeah, like you can't be once. fat and and intelligent. Like and yeah, I just nah. I take yeah that bloody irritates me. Anyway, um, also the idea of the the show is that you have um, this person who goes from fat, they have uh, their jaw wide shut, then they, you know, like they they become like skinnier, and then they then it's like all of a sudden they're hot. They're validated. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then they seek revenge for for being bullied. It's like here you didn't have to. You, you, they could just. I like like I said. I'm not. This is a sort of a. It's not a great premise for. A, I don't think. But anyway, <laughs> if you wanted to stay, stick with that premise of like over the top high school stereotypes revenge TV series, which uh, I guess if you want to do that, it's fine. You could at least like you could still have that. There's no reason the protagonist has to be thin. Like it could just be like. They got revenge, and they were fat while doing it. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, like it's it just. Uh, but to also showcase family violence, the fact that she was, or oh, not family violence. Sorry, I, I take that back. Uh, to showcase assault, um, that she. Yeah, was, true. Because she was punched in the face by a man. I don't know if the man has any relation to her, or that's was why any I wasn't sure if it was family for violence that or, as well. From the trailer, yeah. it looks like a homeless guy. Okay. Yeah. Um, right. And the fact that she's punched in the face, like that, is not okay. That's violence. You know, and to treat it so lightly as well, it's like, haha, she was punched in the face, and now look at the benefits of being punched in the face. Yeah, like, yeah. it's such a, f- like, it's a funny, the, yeah. The, yeah. Thi- the thing that really kills me, and I, I talk from personal experience, when I was in high school, not being your who you were, like your weight and the way that you looked was really pivotal to where how you were accepted, and it is really soul destroying to think of the amount of fad diets, the amount of things that yeah. you have to to try and be accepted by these really pretty, skinny, popular girls. To be desirable to guys was a really hard thing. Like, I wasn't a stick-thin girl. I had big boobs. I had a pot belly. But I had really little legs. So I can remember rolling my school skirt up, so making my gut seem even bigger and just, you know, because you had to have the short skirt and you had to... And it was just this... You know, people laugh when I say that I love Kim Kardashian and that I love the Kardashians. But when I was in school, the celebrities that you looked up to were what, and this is what it's actually called, it's called heroin thin. That's what the um, the 90s look is defined as, and that's looking at Kate Moss where she's mm. tiny, tiny thin. And there's a quote by Kate Moss that I'm not going to repeat on the show because for any of our listeners who do have an eating disorder or are recovering, I don't want to trigger in any way, but mm-hmm. she has this quote, and I can remember a friend of mine who coincidentally had an eating disorder living her life by this quote. And... It's really damaging, and I think also for for guys, I think that's a really. It's not just females; it's males that we have this standard, and to think that a show is promoting where their audience will be teenage girls, young girls, and when I say t- and that's from you know we're looking from ages like twelve to you know even early twenties because these things affect you to now. You'd only you know I'm not I'm just more accepting of who I am I don't like who I am I'm just more accepting and I think this show just does not do anything in favour of getting girls to like themselves and the reason I said the Kardashians sorry to just say it and not you know uh, (laughs) say why I think that but you know they're curvy when I was in school no one was curvy you didn't have curves you didn't have boobs you didn't have a butt you had to be stick thin I hated myself I can remember binding my boobs because I was so afraid of having bigger boobs and my boobs aren't that big but I was so they made me look bigger in clothes where did you go to school that 
guys found big boobs unattractive? Well, I wasn't really. I went to an all-girls school. Okay. And so as did I. And I. Oof. <laughs> yeah, and it was it was really harsh. And I think I'm lucky. I'm someone that d- didn't suffer from an eating disorder. I'm not someone that um, you know, I. I, I don't have these things, so maybe that's why I've been able to come out the other end a little bit easier. But it was like, if I look back, and that's why for any of our listeners that struggle with confidence or body image, that, you know, you're not alone, everyone feels it, but at the same time, it's it's hard. Like, it's not an easy time. So that's why I love Kim K. I love Chloe. Um, Chloe's not so curvy. So I, I love Chloe, <laughs> um, and I, I love Kim because they're these big butt, big boobs. They really love their body, and they really def- changed how we saw body image in the last seven years or so, since about 2010, I think they've really changed how we view body. Mm. Like, you know, that acceptable sort of, you know, it's okay to have a butt, it's okay to have boobs, it's okay to want to be fit. Like, it, yeah. that wasn't okay when I was at school. It wasn't the norm. So, yeah, that's why I think this, movie, this TV show is really damaging. Declan, did you find in high school that you felt these similar pressures or did you identify at all with any, anything that was in the trailer? Um, with the pressure to be attractive. Any I, sort of pressures put on guys as opposed to where it feels like women have a lot more pressure to live up to. Did you feel like there was anything that you felt you no, had to live I up think, to in high school? I think, um, I think one of the things that, like, about body type that men get upset about and something with which, again, I'm naturally blessed is height. Mm-hmm. And I think this is not a damn thing you can That's do about That's a valid There's point. There's not a thing you can do about height. So it's really, it's really just luck of the draw. Yeah. Um, so being tall, I guess having big, broad-shouldered, um, that kind of thing. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I can't really think of anything apart from those physical aspects. I mean, I guess it's, I f- like, I feel like even now, like as someone who, um, uh, like for the longest time was probably about 20 kilograms overweight. And then in that sort of, in like the last eight months this year, I've sort of peeled that back and, um, now my weight sort of fluctuates, but I still feel um, my like even when I even when I look in the mirror, I'm a lot more happy with myself when I'm like around like 90 as opposed to like 105 or so. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still feel like I should, if I want to be attractive to women, like I should like have a defined chest and that kind of thing. Put on and muscle. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And. Uh, Specifically, just yeah, just like being muscly and that kind of thing. And and the part of it's like that I, I do actually I used to play sport and I want to play sport again. And so I have been going to the gym with the object of um, getting muscles in my arms and my legs, mm-hmm. um, but not necessarily my chest. If I was to do my chest, it would probably just be vanity, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And it, it's interesting that you say the height thing. I've I guess when I was even when we were pitching these ideas earlier today and thinking about it i didn't Tind- tinder women get judgy about height apparently really? well well apparently because well i i see i see like a lot of people have like everyone has six foot uh don't worry ladies or really or because women want to know i'm six two yeah. or whatever well yeah but i, I or I'm, if they don't have a mention of their height they're short this this is the, this is the fun thing because uh i i only have my tinder set to looking for women Mm-hmm. And even if I did have it set looking to men, uh, you get a different array of well, people. No, if, given if, an, to you as well, no. If I had it set to looking for men, it would show me other men looking for men. Yes. But what I will never see is men looking for women because my profile's not set to women. I'm not sure what other men's profiles look like. Unless I only know what mine looks you like. You change your uh, gender on Facebook, and then 
start a new account. Which I'm not yeah. going to do. Yeah, but, it's too um, much effort. Yeah, I'm not sure what it's, other... It all other, sounds like so much, this Tinder place. Yeah. yeah. No, I'm, not, I'm not sure what other men have. I, I just know that... Um, we can swap phones, it's fine. We in can my, have a look. <laughs> absolutely. Um, yeah, like, I, like, I've seen a couple of women who've mentioned it in their profiles. Hmm. Um, it's not like an abundance that, of them. That's rude. Like, yeah, I mean... I only want to speak think, to look, people that are yeah, over a certain I think height. That's, yeah. I think that's... Very, very, very shallow. I'm a sort of a love knows no boundaries kind of yeah. guy. Oh, I like um, that. So yeah, I think that's a load of ass personally. But um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I think height and um, just general fitness and that kind of thing. I, I mean, I don't know of, of women. Again, I I, I don't have uh, any. Um, like, I don't have any experience like talking to women about such issues. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, you could you guys could tell me. Is there anything you look for in a guy? Like I, I know my my okay my 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 ex. God bless her. She she was all about collarbones. Like Ooh, she was specific. Yeah, no right. She she like she she would look at cheekbones and collarbones. Uh-huh. And if you had well defined, she I would do like a good jawline. She she to would be she would be like, oh man, like this kind of thing. And I'm like. What even is that? Like, is it apparently it's like this and that yeah. matters? Protruding I, bones. No, yeah, thank you. I don't know. It's it, apparently that's. It's uh, an interesting. Like, I there's I think certain things that. Oh, I thought I had a type, and then I did not meet that type. But I think the one thing that attracted to me to my boyfriend was his eyes. Not, mm-hmm. I'm not an eye person, but um, his eyes really stood out to me, and that was something I was really attracted to. But in terms oh, yeah, of the only time I ever noticed people's eyes is men's. I, I, I like, yeah. Whenever I look at women, I, I guess I'm not looking at their eyes, but I notice men's eyes. Oh, that's weird. I don't know. That's bizarre. That's, yeah, that's I interesting. Just, I, like, I, 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 in in, uh, in high school, I committed a faux pas because I uh, there was a, an acquaintance of mine, and I complimented him on his eyes, and then uh, I was looked at rather strangely. <laughs> so uh, yeah, doesn't know a compliment when he sees it. No, well, it wasn't him, but it was just like people around were like, oh, "We're men, we don't do that." And I'm like, oh, "Okay, okay." So. Society. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what about you, Julia? What about what? I guess because you're out on the dating scene. Oh Christ! Okay. What do you? What? What do you? Do, is there anything? You're that single you, and ready to mingle, Julie. What do you tell us all about it? it. All what are you looking for? Uh, is like, do you find that you tend to like notice things I'll just more? Open my notepad. <laughs> <laughs> do I notice things? Uh, I definitely have a type, but it's interesting when you go on dating apps, you figure out pretty quickly. You say, oh, I don't have a type, and then. You, you figure out you have a type, yeah, because you notice you're drawn to those t- sorts of people mm-hmm. in terms of physical appearance. Uh, but then you always make exceptions. You say, "Oh, but I don't go tattoos." But oh, this guy, no, nah, yep. he seems to have this and this together. Oh, he's got good photos. Oh, he's got a witty bio. Oh, he's got this. Yeah, it's, I'll make an allowance yep. here. So I find that interesting. They, they, but they can tell us something um, about a person. Like if you if you see a guy, yeah, and you and you can I can see muscle on him. Yeah, he probably he probably plays sport. Or if not, he has, like, a job where he's involved in physical labour. So yeah. there, are, there are things that it tells you. Um, that you're attracted to that sort of lifestyle yeah. or that sort of person. Yeah. yeah, for sure. But, yeah, there's definitely uh, exceptions that I've made. But ultimately, I think a lot of people do have types. But then I think that's what attracts you to someone either, whether you're on a dating app or whether you're out there in real life. You've got to have that sort of attraction before you've had a conversation. Yeah. That's how life works. Yeah, I have to say I do have a thing for long hair. My boyfriend had long hair; it was terrible. So <laughs> when I see like when I see someone with really nice, not too long. Like I'm not talking. Mm. I was at a gig, my boyfriend's gig the other day, and a guy had the most the silkiest, longest hair, but it was way too long. If I see someone with nice long hair, 
Oh damn, they look good. But like that's a that's a thing. My boyfriend had the long hair, didn't look good in him, but I still mm-hmm. find him really attractive. Like it's just like I, well, I, yeah. I don't think anyone thinks that types are like only that type. Like mm-hmm. no one's that nitpicky, are they? I think nah. when I was in year ten, I was. Oh no, actually, dial it back a bit further. Say year eight when the OC came out, I was definitely a Seth. Cohen type of girl. Oh yeah. Um, I was not a Ryan girl. Like does not Seth follow. Cohen. We'll show him on the break. Yeah, we'll show you who Seth Cohen is. <laughs> he I'm, brought emo. Because I'm so much younger than these two, by the way. <laughs> he, he brought like the nerdy, dorky type in Death to Cab. fashion. Yeah, Death Cab for cutie. Like mm. you know, listening to sort of not like punk emo. It's that. Um, you know, the Smiths. Uh, oh, dear Lord, don't mention the Smiths to Yeah. Me. <laughs> he, he was that kind of brooding, loved comics. I Lanky, curly hair. I thought we could be curly hair. For, I just thought that was my guy. That's no. how I characterise men by Seth Cohen and Ryan Atwood. And I guess that you fall into that game of your stereotyping and yep. putting expectations. And oh, I fell, yeah. I fell to the devil. I'm disappointed we don't have any OC soundtrack for, to play for you guys. California. <laughs> All right, that's enough. <laughs> we're going to give you a bit of Tokyo Police Club. This is uh, Hang Your Heart. But up next, we're going to be talking all about how to let someone down uh, nicely, if you will. You're on Sid Nation's Naughty Rude Show. Hello and welcome back to... God damn it. Hello and welcome back to Sid <laughs> <laughs> the Naughty Rooch on Nation. What was that? <laughs> it's just every time, hello and welcome. Um, oh, that was Hang Your Heart by the Tokyo Police Club. And uh, now we're going to talk about uh, how to let someone down nicely. And uh, yeah. funny that I should be introducing this because, of course, I have zero experiences with this. Because but you did bring it up, though, I've never had to let the show. Anyone... Yeah, but... Uh, Let's that, pick this apart, that was, hey? well, well, that was for... What I want is tips for when it inevitably happens. When I inevitably have to let oh. people down and, and oh. got, you know... I mean, I I'm don't gonna, think I've ever been let down nice. Uh, I have not yeah. let someone down nicely. So I'm trying to think. Sorry. It's fine. You, you can keep thinking and I'll just blab on. And then I've also let people down nicely. Uh, and it has been a scary, a shit scary experience. Uh, but it's been a good one. Can I ask in what context? Are we talking about something a bit more serious like a relationship or are we talking about the person in the club that comes up and tries oh. to dance with you and is a little bit too full on and you just freak out and might scream in their face and run off? Because I have maybe not definitely <laughs> so it's done very that. specific. <laughs> <laughs> on a Thursday with a full moon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Declan, what was yours? Me? Yes. Oh, we're talking hypotheticals with you. I've, well, what? Yes. I, have you ever, like? Have you ever? Has anyone ever let you down easy, and that you've like? Um, I wish I could let someone yeah, down I, easy like that. I, I no, I other I, way around. I don't really know. I um, when I was in year nine, mm. I was let down easy. I think it was year nine, but um, was there a full moon? That was, <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> that was no. That was a clear case of. Oh God! I wish I could erase my memories. Um, oh. no. I just uh, no, it was, it was it was being left on nicely. It was just it was a simple, nice little. So how did they do it? Well, I just uh, um, as far as I know, it was like some excuse like I just got out of a relationship and I'm not really looking for something again. Which I mm-hmm. have no idea if that was true or not. I I just I did because yeah. Had you guys gone on dates? No, no, that was the date asking. Right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, I've gone on a couple of dates um, with a couple of people and I said, 
that I wasn't interested. But the thing was, there was nothing about them that I that they'd done anything wrong. Mm. But I think it goes back to that idea that you weren't attracted to them. Exactly. And no one wants to hear that, right? But why go on dates with them if you don't find them attractive? Because there was more to it. There was personality there, and I thought there yeah. was a, oh, yeah. there was like a slither of that, and yeah. that's and you thought really that that would, yeah. yeah. And I'd been on the other side of it too. And I'd also been ghosted before, oh. and I've probably been ghosted. Oh yeah, all the time. Wait, yeah. She wait, did. A, she wait, did a wait, show wait, about Tinder for an entire on. year. Like, uh, like as just if go through the archives. You'll be fine. Yeah. But there was also, um, yeah, I'd recently been ghosted after letting um, a couple of people down nicely. Right, so it took balls, but I spelt out. Good I said, "There's you. nothing about." About you, um, you know, I think you know. I think you're fantastic, which they don't want to hear. Was That's it, a slap in the face. It, it's not you, it's me. Pretty much, and no one wants oh. to hear that. But the, the alternative was for them to be like, well, "Why the hell is she not talking to me?" And also, I'm going to see these people again too. So it wasn't Do you like know I what? could get the cop out. It's you know? like it's going to hurt either way. I don't think there's an easy way to let someone down. If I look back at the times that I have been on maybe some random dates. Mm-hmm. Um, I would look I, as I said earlier in the show. I'm not the girl that were, people were seeking. I was the friend, and so right. I was never the one people were out to get. I'm like the the creepy guy in the in like the corner of the bar, and he comes up, and then I scream in his face. I have done that. I've screamed, oh. the, "I have a boyfriend!" and like you know, and just like run off and hit in the toilets and not know what to do. But uh-huh. I, I I don't think I've ever been let down really nice. I think it's always been just like not. It just, it wasn't bad, but it wasn't good. Like, it was just really, like, ugh, like, they were just not a nice person. And then I thought, oh, why did I put so much effort into, like, what this could have been? And But the know. worst part is when they are a nice person, there's absolutely nothing wrong with them. And what happened interestingly after that was I was seeing someone I was really interested in. And I thought they felt the same way too. And then all of a sudden they stopped replying. And I was like, okay, all right, they're ghosting me, right? Okay, cool. So we've been on probably three oh, dates by so we're now. we're talking phone ghosting. We're talking they're not texting back. Oh, I thought you meant no, physically no, ghosting. No, no. I was like, <laughs> they turned into a ghost. Sorry, I'm clearly out of... I I, lit- I actually thought you'd been on a date and the person had never <laughs> come back. through the window. Yeah. Like, I'm just going out the front for some air. Because <laughs> there's a TV show about dating and the pers- they did that. <gasps> she just left. She told the the hostess, "I he's not for me. I'm out." And she I'm walked sure down on him. I'm sure there's plenty of TV shows that have covered that before. Oh my gosh! I thought you were saying that. I was like, Julia, no, my heart that for has you not happened. Has broken. Ghosting is a phenomenon. Where see, she doesn't know. She's been in a relationship for so long. This lucky thing. Yes, but she's not up to date with the the street slang. No, I did get Bumble. Why? Because Bumble, you can it has a new networking. Oh, Bumble BFF and yeah. Bumble. So um, I did the other one, I not sponsored by Bumble. Yeah, um, I did the... Other uh, mobile I, dating apps are available. Yeah, I did the um, the networking one because Chris Jenner said she was looking for a PA. Not that I want to be Chris Jenner's PA, but, you know, if she's like, if that person's looking for someone, maybe I can find my... Like, I <laughs> okay. can build my yeah, network. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but in the end, it's everyone from the, like, dating side just going on and, like, swiping on you. It was... I got really flustered and then my boyfriend saw it and I had to explain and he just <laughs> laughed because he looked over my shoulder and saw this, like, person that didn't wasn't really there for networking <laughs> yeah see i found the opposite i've been like you're attractive damn it you're not on the dating side of this app 
So it opens to all. See, mm. like if you do the network, it's just the networking. But I think yeah. there were way too many English guys here in Australia just looking for a good time and not like, <laughs> and that were builders, not wanting to, you know, meet up and collaborate on projects. <laughs> Entrepreneurs. Yeah, yeah. It was, um, yeah, that was disappointing. But that's my only experience. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's sad about the ghosting. But what I did with that guy, right, I confronted him about it. Oh, you go, girl. Yeah, I was like, all right, let's uh, let's teach him a little lesson here. So I just explained how it felt, and I'd been on the other side before, and I'd ignored people oh. or hadn't explained that. And he was just like, mind blown. Yeah. And we had a bit of a chat about it, and he's like, oh, I hadn't thought of it from your perspective. That You know, you being left on red, you never having an answer, never having that closure – nothing to do with me it was just the fact that I wasn't the right person for him so it was very enlightening conversation for him and I just thought all right maybe I've changed something for him and he won't piss off other women later and down the track fingers crossed because you know deep down everyone's a nice person somewhere so you know we just sometimes but you just want to take the easy way out even if it's through a window. Oh, see, look, I What's don't... difficult, especially about messaging, yeah. I can understand why you might have some apprehension about meeting up with, like... But we'd you... met up three times, right? Yeah. And then yeah. after that, he's like, nah, no thanks. Right. But here's the thing, like, it, it's, it would be weird if it was like, hello, let us meet up specifically so I can tell you I don't want to meet up. <laughs> that, that's a strange thing. But it's not difficult to send a message. It's like, because you have that... You're not actually there. There's not going to be any awkwardness. You can just say, hey, you know, um, listen, I had a nice time, but I don't think I want to blah, blah, blah. You know, it's but that's not- a hard message for people to send. Is it? So, I- so many people choose the easy way out and say, let's just go, so let's not respond. I, would, I, I don't feel like there's... No? If you just, like, okay... This is getting weird, but if you just had a, if you just had we've a, got weird tonight, so get weirder. If you just had a template for letting people down easily, you just yeah. change the name, copy paste it from oh, your Google yeah. Doc it, into the thing, hit yeah. send, yeah, and then you know that's how you, you just. Have is a, it like when you get a call and you can't answer the call and you go to decline it and then it goes to an automatic message like I'm busy right now. Well, I'll call you right back. They need that yeah. for automatic sending. Look, yeah. I have to be honest. I would be that person. I don't like confrontation. Yeah, neither does anyone like, really. I have had friendships where I. But have if the person like, lucky. here's the thing. Okay, <laughs> so, uh-huh. so if you're the person doing the let downing, yeah, then the other person must be into you. Why would they confront you? I mean, if they fancy you, they're not going to be mean to you. Oh, but they yeah, don't but fancy you enough to see you again. No, 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 no. no. I'm saying if, if 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 you're the let downer. Yeah. Right. So, so if I'm going, hey Julia, yeah, I don't want to see you again. Well. I mean, in this scenario, you. You, you fancy yeah. me because I'm the one letting you down. Yeah. So why, why, like, am I risking confrontation by telling the girl who fancies me that I don't want to see them anymore? The girl who fancies me is surely going to be nice to me. I don't know. I, I, I don't think you've got. I guess you can't be anything but cordial about it. Like, if someone mm. says, "Ooh," like it, I, I don't think I'm into you. I think the thing that that does and that what would do to me as way too much of an analyzer <laughs> is I would step away and go, what's wrong with me? Exactly. You can't not take it personally, I think. Like, am I... I Even when it's nothing to do with that person, it's all to do with them and what they're looking for. I'm the kind of, of guy to send them can... a feedback form. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> No, thank you. I, I would... I, I would say unsubscribe. <laughs> <laughs> Report to junk. Spam. But in the example, my own example that I could give of, you know, where there was an issue, there was a, to give a bit more context, there was a guy um, and he was just, ended up, he confronted me about something. And I guess because we're the sex show, I can say he was, he confronted me about not sleeping with him and I wasn't comfortable, but I was a bit ashamed of, you know, 
um, not being able to satisfy him. So I, I kind of made up a huge lie. Mm. And he, w- you know, he confronted, and then he let me down and said, well, no, like I just, I said, I really want a relationship. And he said, no, I just, I just want someone I can see every now and again. And, mm. you know, and he just kind of, that really broke my heart. And I think that really brought me down, making me think of mine. Again, it goes back to our first discussion, uh, one of our first discussions. Mm. Was I not sexually, you know, was I not attractive enough? Was I not sexually active enough? Was I, should I be more sexually active? Like, it's just all those things. And I think you're always going to doubt yourself. Mm. That brings us full circle, right? Right on time. Boom. Damn, you're good. Damn. <laughs> 9.59. What? Are, oh, it's so sad. And Declan just dabbed. Yeah. <laughs> and on that note, we're out of here. <laughs> Thank you so much for tuning in tonight on the Naughty Rude Show here with Emma, Declan and Julia. If you missed anything, you can catch up on the podcast. All you have to do is search for the Naughty Rude Show on your favourite podcast app. You can find us on Omni, Spotify, iTunes, sin, syn.org.au, your favourite app store. Yeah, I'm sure we'll find it there. And uh, if you want to weigh in on anything throughout the week, you can slide into our DMs on Facebook. Just uh, search for Naughty Rude Show. Or you can tweet us at Twitter at Naughty Rude. But as always, please keep sending in all your questions. NaughtyRudeShow.tumblr.com forward slash ask is where you can go. Um, we will be back next Sunday right here on Sin Nation from 8. But we're going to play out with a bit of Jason Raz tonight. Thanks so much for joining us. You're on Sin Nation's Naughty Rude Show.